This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. This is the Football Roundup, energy sport's longest running football show. Each week our team of football writers and podcasters deliver their views on the weekend's action from Scotland, England and the wider world of football. With our panel bringing knowledge, insight and passion, you can be rest assured of quality from each episode of the Football Roundup. Hello and welcome back to the Football Roundup, Energy Sports' longest-running football show. It's been a good wee while since our last episode. Uh, We've been as consistent as we possibly can be throughout the season so far, but the last couple of weeks have seen us all sidelined with big deadlines and kind of coming to the end of our year of uni. But thankfully, we're all done now and we have the business end of the season to look forward to over the next few weeks. Of course, my name is Jack Donnelly and as always, I'm delighted to be joined by some of the finest student journalists at Edinburgh Napier University. Only three of us on today's show, but we're going to be emulating some of the finest trios around to bring you a top quality episode. I'm first joined by the running man himself, Struan Garvey. Hello. Hello is a new nickname for me. It's a new nickname for you because you're doing your, your 5k a day in May challenge. It's a lot of rhymes. Um, indeed, I'm also going plant-based for me, which is, um, yeah. How's that been going so far? Oh, God, it's tough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I miss, like, I, like, I could happily go vegetarian or just avoid any sort of meat. It's it's like milk. That's that's mm. what I miss at the moment. I'm, I'm using oat milk for my, for my porridge at the moment and other cereals, and it's, it's not bad. It's just not the same. That's... Um, it's the little things, isn't it? It's, and you love your and you love your cups of tea. Like I think I think you like your veins are coursing with tea at this point in, in oh, time the amount honestly, of tea you drink. I, I I think for the past three years, I think every single morning I've had a cup of coffee and I used to take milk and sugar and then a few months ago I took out the sugar, just milk and that and I was just totally black. I was just um oh, I miss a caramel macchiato. Oh mate. I, see see when I was in uni for the election coverage over the weekend, I was going to just to roll roll back the years as we could say and uh, oh. the Starbucks was closed on both days so I didn't even have the option it was painful that's heartbreaking painful but we've got that to look forward to come September hopefully fingers crossed uh, also joining myself and Strewn today the Lord of Livingston Mr Graham Sinclair good evening that's a new one for me as well I try and keep it fresh mate um, I'm a bit put off. I was ready for you to call me the quiz master and I was ready to plug the energy sport yes, football quiz, course, which will yeah. be recorded on Thursday and released whenever Sean McGill, I think it is, edits it. But yeah, that should be on. It's going to be a great quiz. I think I've got I've been planning it for a while, and I've got a lot of fun ideas. I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, I think, I think it's been a while since our last one. Like it feels because uni's kind of taking precedence and things like that. And then Cameron was out last week. So that happened, mm. then and then he had more life events happen to him as well. So. Yeah, do, should we divulge that or should we leave that for extra time on? Thursday? Yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave that for Cameron to talk about it. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a plug. If Cameron or Sean has listened to this, this is now their indication to mention Cameron's Sunday night on um, extra time this Thursday. Should it come back? Uh, how are you otherwise, Graham? You, you keeping well? Oh, I'm alright, to be honest with you. It's nice to the pubs are back opening. I went to the pub last week nice. and it was amazing. It was so good to be back there. But other than that, I've been pretty miserable. I've been so bored because I'm ready for the fit. I've been ready for the football season at the end for ages, to be honest with you. 
I know what you feel. I know what you feel like. I'm kind of finished. You're all done. I'm kind of finished, but kind of not. Yeah. So like, it's very strange, but I'm as good as I can be at the moment. I'm excited to podcast with my two boys. <laughs> two boys. Well, that's all we can ask for of you. Just you're as good as you can be. That's all we can ask mm-hmm. of you and anyone exactly. else. Uh, as always on this show, we do kick it off with what we call the big question, and. I wanted to kind of just do something really basic because it's been a while since I've had to think of notes for this show, so I didn't really have many ideas. And seeing as we're now more or less finished for the summer, most of us, I just want to know what we're all looking forward to over the next few months without without university. Uh, in terms of football or otherwise, I'm not really going to limit this. So, Struan, what are you excited for the most this summer? I cannot wait to watch Scotland at the Euros. For the first time in my lifetime, there's going to be an international football tournament and Scotland are going to be there. We're going to hear Flower of Scotland and I'm going to be disappointed watching Scotland at a big tournament. It's going to be phenomenal. Why? Because we only make it to the semi-finals? Well, actually, I think we're going to make it to the finals and then we'll probably do something a bit silly, but... um, (sighs) Days are silly behind us, mate. Days are silly are absolutely behind us. Yeah, true. We've had a couple of uh, scares to our squad with a yeah. injuries here and there. Jesus. However, it could be a bit of a blessing in disguise with some really talented other players, <clears throat> Brian Gold, that um, are mm-hmm. around the place. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it, to be honest. I've just, I know it won't be the same without fans the entire tournament, but I've, I think I've had just about enough of club football. I want I want to see international games. I love that. I don't know if anyone's the same. It's, it's better for the World Cup, obviously, but... When you're when you're going about in the summer and you know you, you, there's some days where you just have absolutely nothing on and you just turn on the TV and there's about three or four international games lined up in a row and mm-hmm. you can just sit yourself on the couch and just spend the day watching it and you know it's it's great because you have absolutely no affiliation to any of the sides but you still get into it and it's just enjoyable really and there's not really any stress or anything attached to it and then yeah I think I'm looking forward to the Euros and also of course now with restrictions lightening up we can go out and do things and I can actually see people once again. Yeah, that that seems like such a thing of the past now, doesn't it? That's mine. Just a sense of normalcy. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, that that's literally just, all we can hope for at this it point. It won't. It won't be. But I, I doubt we'll be back in nightclubs or rubbing shoulders with everybody. Although maybe in England, I think they are trying to open up clubs in England. Yeah. But we'll be able to do normal stuff and not have to think, "Oh crap, am I breaking rules here?" That is the thing. Not needing to like yeah. overthink and worry about stuff, eh? Just being able to do shit and not needing to have a care about it. That's it. That's it. It's just actually going about a normal life without really having that almost precaution of thinking, oh, I don't know if this is legal or not. It's not really been defined, but yeah. I'm very, very much looking for... I mean, what pubs open indoors a week today on day of recording, so that's another step towards it. Uh, you just, you're going to see... I almost kind of have to second guess it because every time I see something good uh, announced on Twitter saying, oh, they're having this from this day, this and that day, I have to remember that that's in England and it's not the same yeah. for us because we are kind of going by a different a different rule set, which I'm all right with because it means we're probably going to be more secure in coming out of lockdown and everything like that, but just would like it to hurry up if possible. Uh, so, sorry to currently interrupt, but um, Burnley have just taken a lead over Fulham, and I believe as things stand, that means Fulham shall be relegated. But I'm sure we'll get more into English football later in the show. We very well we do actually. That might be a usual segment of this show. We never know. Uh, for me, what, what what am I looking forward to? I'm very much looking forward to Scotland Euros. I'm just thinking because it's going to be such a good social opportunity 
because by that point we should have kind of had a lot more eased restrictions and we should be I able to I hope they open up like gardens for like, you know, like big screens. I wonder if they can, if they can do yes. that. Yeah. I'm a bit worried that will still happen. I think it's a bit too Scotland might think, consider that a bit too soon. Because we're kind of like a bit more cautious than England, but that's the dream. Absolutely, that. I imagine dream. a lot of home cinemas will be creating gardens. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm the same I've as you, Stuart. I remember the um, the 2018 World Cup. Like that was when I when I was doing my other other degree for a year. I'd come back from that to all my mates in the summer, end of first year, and we had that just every day, like from kind of middle of June up to middle of July. We just all of us would end up going around to someone's house, watching whatever games were on that day, probably having a few drinks and stuff. It was just a brilliant, brilliant time. So I'm just looking forward to some semblance of that because I know it's going to be very different this year, just based on the circumstances. But I love international football tournaments in the summer. Honestly, it's Probably my favourite football to watch. Um, oh, that, that could be a question for another another episode. That could be a big question that you've just inspired. It, it sounds a bit daft because obviously from our point of view, obviously our nation, Scotland, doesn't often qualify. So you don't really have a horse in the race, so to speak. But mm. I don't know if that possibly adds to the enjoyment almost that there is no sort of worry attached. You can just watch any game and just enjoy yeah. it really for what it is. Well, we, we've, got so. that, we've got all that yeah, to look forward to. A fresh experience for for us all because I don't Graham, Graham was alive for the last tournament but I'm not sure he remembers any of it nope nope well a fresh experience for us all to look forward to uh, now that our big question is out of the way let's get the show going good and proper with our first segment chewing the football <laughs> Of course, Chewing the Football is our weekly dive into the weird and wonderful world of Scottish football, covering everything from A to Z, that's Albion Ajeti to Xander Clark. Uh, we'll come to the latter in a minute or two, but I did just want to say, since our last episode, Air United have secured survival in the Championship, and Falkirk have bottled League One so badly that they're no longer even in the playoff places. I was very happy to, to see the, the, both of those outcomes, to be quite honest with you. Don't really I was about care. Clapping there for air, and then I realised after the Fulham point it may be a bit rude, so I didn't clap. But congratulations, air. Anyway, I wanted to make fun of you too, honestly. But well, well good, good for I, you. I would have, I would have accepted it off of you. I, I would have been in disdain had Sean McGill had the opportunity. Yeah, mine's is just like Sean would have taken some severe like comfort. Like you'd have loved it. I would have just done it because I always like to make fun of people but Sean would have taken he could be the went for you I think Sean would have gone very much down the more personal route although I think he might have head off a little bit considering how his team are doing yeah that's that's why I'm glad we are secured before the, the premiership's finished because there's still a chance especially with Lafferty potentially not being as heavily involved as he as he was once slated to be anyway the Scottish Cup semi-finals were this weekend weren't they mm-hmm Stru- oh, yes. Struan's very happy because Hibernian defeated Dundee United at Hamden in the Saturday fixture. A 2-0 result, goals from Kevin Nisbet and that Dodge guy, I'm not going to say the full version, uh, secured Jack Ross's boys' place in the final. How was that for you, Struan? Oh, very enjoyable. Very nervous. I'm, a, I'm, I'm quite a worrier, I've got to be honest with football. I, I think we all know this. I'm very... I, I, it was it was fantastic. I was very very happy that Hibs have made it to the Scottish Cup final. Um, 
game itself was okay, to be honest. The second goal was miles and miles offside, to be honest. Uh, but I, um, the pundit in me says it was offside, but the fan in me says I don't care because Lloyd scored a goal. And yeah, um, I don't know what else to say in the matter. I think it's it's really nice just to to get to the cup final. Of course, the other tie, I think, I think for a neutral point of view, I think the the tie, the Saints tie, was far more entertaining. But um, yeah, big big achievement for Jack Ross on the side. Of course, Josh Doig's just won. Uh, young player of the year as well, which I think is very deserved. So, yeah, yeah, a good a good weekend from a from a hips point of view <coughs> view, and um, bring on the final in two weeks time. Should hopefully be um, entertaining. I mean, you say you say the other semi was like more entertaining from the neutrals point of view. I, I mean, it's still a cup semi final at the end of the day. I mean, any, anything could happen. So, I mean, with you saying that, were you really in any doubt that uh, you wouldn't secure a result? I, there were times where it worried me, and not necessarily what was happening in the game, almost what has happened outside. You know, in the last um, six months, Hibs have lost two semi-finals in cup tournaments, and both of the performances in those semi-finals was abysmal. So, I think that was sort of worrying me. That's always at the back of my mind. But yeah, I was really impressed. I was really impressed with Macy. Um, he's he signed a new extension onto his deal. I thought he had a good game as well, made some good saves. So. Yeah, overall, I don't think Dundee United were terrible. They, they sort of seem to have the same um, issue occurring with Smith uh, leading up to the first goal, but just didn't really clear their lines properly. Mm. Nisbet with a really good finish. Delighted to see him on the score sheet again. Just a great season for him. And, um, yeah, it's, it's it's tough from my point of view to speak about it, uh, how, how, to, would it how to see it as a neutral, but, um, yeah, I mean, semi-final for Dundee United is okay as well, I guess. I am a neutral. He's a neutral. Graham, how did you think? Uh, I think that once, but I understand your worry. But once Hib scored the first goal, I think the game was over. For me, I thought mm-hmm. I, th- I saw it as soon as you sc- Hib scored that goal, and Hibsy's have struggled to get over it against St Johnson. They had so many chances in that League Cup semi final, uh, and then once they went down, it was just they, their heads went down. But that's when they got the they got the goal they needed when they were on top, and Dundee to just do not have the offensive firepower to get back. If, although they start. Clark, Shanklin and McNulty which is something they've done and something that worked against Aberdeen in the Cup two weeks before it didn't work on Sunday and it hasn't worked for most of the season because it's just there's no width and there's a real lack of pace for that front three they don't have fullbacks that can bomb forward that aren't like pure attacking quality fullbacks and it just completely stilted them going forward and they didn't really create anything until Doidge had put in the second goal did you, can, I, can I ask you guys' opinion on something? To, this is just like a, a general thing in football. Do you know how we always yeah. talk about, oh, that's fair sometimes? So obviously, Dodge was offside, but then there was a, a moment later on in the game where the referee stopped the play and you could see Dodge in the background went on and scored. Do you, do you think that almost is fair? It's probably going to sound quite silly, but do you know how it's sometimes in a game no. somebody sh- will go down and get a penalty and say, oh, that should have been a penalty, and then later on they'll get denied a goal and they'll say, oh, well, I guess that's, that's, that's fair. You're talking about luck balancing itself out. No, because yeah, situations are different. Yeah. You're the goal to go two, to three nil up when you were two nil up. The, 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 your second goal put the game completely yeah, out of yeah. there, even though uh-huh. I said it, I thought it was done after one. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it works, it works that way, but I, what I would say is that you make your own luck, and Hibs were the better team in that game, and were the better team for the majority of that game. So they got the decision, but they got the, the decision because they played in the front foot and were the team that controlled the ball. And they got lucky, that happens. But that'll balance itself out in games Hibs haven't played well this year. Mm hmm. I think most teams, when you 
balance it out. The, the teams that are better at football will probably get luckier decisions because they they probably attack more and you're more likely to get those decisions. So, Dundee can complain about it, but that you probably got to some decisions your own way in games and you make your own luck, in my opinion. No, I'd have to agree with that, to be honest. I mean, we've, we've seen kind of Hibs fail to hit their kind of usual marker at points fairly, even even more recently. I mean, games against, like, you think Motherwell just before the split, St. Johnston in the last couple of weeks. Like, those were games that you would have kind of almost would have backed Hibs to go out and put on a real performance and they just didn't. So, mm-hmm. it's, it just as the way of it balanced itself out and it's exactly as Graham said, just they were the better footballing team on the day, on Saturday. And that's just how it goes. I mean, obviously, Dundee United, they weren't very attacking. I mean, I don't think they were helped very much by the fact that Benji Segrist wasn't starting for them. I'm not entirely convinced he would have made much of a difference. No, it was a good finish. The first mm. one was close. Like he, mm. I don't think it was... Like horrible errors or anything like that from no. the Just one of those. Just one of those. Nah, absolutely. Uh, just before we move on, Fulham have gone two 0 up, and it's looking very likely Burnley. that Burnley. Yeah, sorry, Burnley. Burnley. Two teams probably got it wrong, but it's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Fulham are Fulham are likely be relegated there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it's what? Okay. I, I I've been known for a Freudian slip or two on this podcast before, so. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, kind of rounding this point off, Struan, it was the exact same outcome in 2016 when Hibs went on to lift the Scottish oh, Cup. Do, do you believe in history repeating itself? Are you feeding into that load of nonsense or are you just going to take it as a completely fresh circumstance? When, when, I, when I saw the draw was made with um, United, I, I knew instantly that there would be callbacks to the to the previous Scottish Cup. I, I knew almost instantly it was going to be 2016 <laughs> all over the timeline. and I can understand why, obviously, it is the same tie. And, of course, Hibs have gone through again. There was no um, Jason Cummings penalty miss this time, but it was uh, a result. I don't know. I think... I know I'm a very... I wouldn't like to say negative. I think I'm just a very well, anxious football fan, to be honest, when it comes to my team's playing. Yeah, anxious as well. I'm just about to get on to St. Johnston, and I, I'm just so impressed with St. Johnston, to be honest, to the point where, outside of the old firm, normally I would I would have faith in Hibs. At the mm. more, actually, to be honest, Rangers, I would have had faith. Anyone but Rangers, I would have had faith in Hibs doing something in the final. But I think I'd almost rather play Celtic at the moment than St. Johnston in this cup final. Just on current form, that is. Well, let, let's talk about that other cup semi-final. I mean, Struan said it was more entertaining for the neutrals. We were all neutrals as that one got taken in yesterday on the day of recording, Sunday. Graham, the cup double is on for Carl Davidson Saints' two goals, uh, late goals in the second half. Uh, sunk the buddies at Hamden. I think it got made in the uh, the point got made in the group. Right? This is quite a likeable St. Johnson team, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, how can you not like them? It's just... Any side that's going for such an historic achievement, I can't say an historic achievement. Is that right? I think it is. Let's go. A historic achievement. A historic achievement as they are. You have to be appreciative of it because they're doing this in such a shoestring budget, and mm. they on a very similar squad to last season with a manager replacing a manager that everyone liked, and it's it's just it's it's like I compared this in the group chat. I'm not saying not saying in a public way yet. They remind me very much of when Christy Oilers' blades came up. They play the same formation. They're fit. They've got good 
physical fullbacks, like solid midfielders. They have like rotating centre forwards. Centre backs can go up if they want to. It reminds me very much of the good Sheffield United, not this season, of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we just might want to keep an eye that, on them next that, season. That, that I see fight. a lot of them in this St. Johnson <laughs> team. They don't. They're not going to ham anybody, but they just. It's always going to be close, and they're always going to stay in games. It's a really good unit, isn't it? And I and I I've been very vocal that I loved that Sheffield United team last year. I love. Yeah, I loved that. I even love watching them when they were like one and one. If they were in one nil. Yeah. And this St. Johnson team the same. I mean, there's there's a there's a real reason that players like uh, Jason Kerr and Sean Rooney are being touted for inclusions in Scotland squads and stuff like that off the back of this season. It's been absolutely fantastic, and I I, I think Stuart's right in saying that I, I would be apprehensive going up against this team because they just can't really seem to do much wrong at the moment. I mean, I know it's not a, he didn't score the goal, but Xander Clark scored a goal against Rangers, send them to the semi final. And he put in another great shift again. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's saved for mm-hmm. that really good... I can't remember who had the shot for St Mirren. Uh, there was two, actually. I can't remember who it was in the, what was in the first half. Maybe, I think it was Lee Orwin, I think it was Lee Orwin, actually. Mm. But there was one in the first half and Lee Orwin, but I'm going to say that and just hope I'm right. And the one from Colin Quay in the second half, I think. And well, to be honest with you, I say that also, also about St Johnson. They controlled most of this game, but St Mirren had the best chances when the game was at 0-0. So it's a very it was a bit quite a, it was an enjoyable game, but quite mm. a strange game at the same time. Yeah, because St John's were the better team, but the best chances before no no fit to St Mirren, and once St Johnson got the two goals in a quick succession, that was kind of it. Yeah, uh, one question I do want to pose to the pair of you, just uh, hypothetically. Say St Johnson go on and win the cup, they get the cup double, they secure European football for next season, potentially playing Juventus in the Europa League because that would be really funny. It would be funny. Does that leave David Callum Davidson nailed on as manager of the season up against yeah. a potentially invincible Steven Gerrard? Yeah, absolutely. Of course it does. <laughs> it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened for thirty years. I'm not sure Steven Gerrard. I think Steven Gerrard will be fine to get manager of the year. He'll cry into his league trophy. <laughs> <laughs> but Callum, yeah, Callum, of course. I think so. I, I, think I would have him. I'd have him. Like, happily. So, so would I. And obviously, my allegiance is I, yes. I'm Pujer. But if, if you're going to win a double, let's, let's have him win the double first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like. St. Johnston as well. Like, in his first full season as the manager. I think it's been kind of strange since the, the semi final yesterday. I mean, St. Johnston have. Probably St. Johnston are just in this famous cup double, which is massive. They beat Rangers on the route to the, fight, on the, route to the final, which is massive. Mm-hmm. And they have a good record against Hibs, but I feel like Hibs have been slightly overlooked since yesterday's game. I mean, despite all these facts, Hibs have the better players than St. Johnston. Yeah, uh-huh. Hibs still have Martin Boyle, who can win a game on his own. Kevin Nisbet can win a game on his own. Dodge is back in form. They have centre-backs that have been in Scotland squads themselves. We're talking about Rooney and Kerr potentially getting in. They're a long way still from getting in it. Portis and Hanlon have been in there. Mm-hmm. So is Paul McGinn. Yeah. Right. Like, I do forget that Paul McGinn. The fact we're over, maybe the fact we're overlooking Hibs against St Johnson is a good thing for Hibs. I'm mm. I'm fully I'm, I feel like I'm bored thinking that Hibs Hibs should still be the favourites for this game. But I feel like the narrative has kind of shifted towards on St Johnson to win this double. No. No, I do agree. I think it has. There has been a real shift over to it. And I think that's just kind of people are buying into this. Oh, Cam Davidson's been excellent. It's a historic achievement. Struan, can I, as the Hibs fan, is that like, are you happy about that? That they're kind of really focusing the attention of the tie over to St Johnson, or do you still think there's elements of people's perception of Hibs coming into it that are going to kind of ring true and perhaps put a bit of pressure on that side? 
I do believe Davidson deserves the praise and what St. Johnson have done or can potentially do is absolutely phenomenal to be honest but I, d- I would like to see Jack Ross getting a little bit more praise after the couple of semi-final defeats earlier on he was getting a lot of bad stick there was a lot of calls from Hibs fans for him to be him to be sacked a lot yeah, of people thought he was very overrated and you know, he only did it with St. Mary and Wildeville but if he can go on and win the Scottish Cup, I think that's a massive statement from him. Mm. Especially when Hibs potentially could also finish third to get European football. I think overall that's actually a very impressive season. I think as well, yeah, some definitely. of the signings that he's made, you know, I think if Hibs do go on to do this, I think Jack Ross does deserve a lot of credit. No, and obviously he's, he's one of these names as well. Who's sort of, it, it won't happen in my opinion. It's sort of one of these names that's always linked with the Celtic job and always he's a future Celtic manager and stuff like that's also talked about. But I do think he deserves praise. But I, I think... I think what I do like about this again is that there's an old firm in the Scottish Cup final. Yeah. I think that will make it a bit more job. And there's no clear favourite tag. Because although it should be Hibs with recent records between the two of them and St. Johnson's other win this season, I think it's I think it's going in to be quite an. an I'm excited. Match I'm really oh, excited yeah, for this game. What are you talking about? The star player yesterday is a Rangers player. Glenn Middleton set up the first and scored a, a beautiful free kick and technically still on one from Rangers. I don't believe I don't really, I'm not claiming that as Rangers, he's just in Johnson play. I just wanted to mention <laughs> how good Glenn Middleton was yesterday and how much of an impact he had yeah, off the bench. Can't do any better, can't, can't have a better, uh, good point, can't have a more of an impact off the bench than Glenn Middleton had yesterday. No, of course not. Have, see if you can bring him and O'Halloran off the bench, I don't think either player is... I think they're both kind of at the level, even though Middleton is still only 21. I think they're kind of at their level because they're reliant, so reliant on pace and maybe their skill isn't quite there, although the free kick might say different. But he was unbelievable when he came on yesterday. Just couldn't get near him. No, absolutely. The free kick was so nice. I'm really excited for this game. I'm Let's really get some fans in for it. Let, let's Change your mind. That would be good. Let's... That would be really good. Should also let fans uh, eyebrows on Saturday. I'm just going to put that out there, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> you want to complain about Rangers fans having gathering at George Square again? Why don't you just let twenty thousand of them in the ground? That would probably make clear up the mess. But nah, nah, nah. But, sorry. Um, I was I was going into Sterling on last Thursday, which of course was voting day, and mm. I saw um, I saw quite a few Union Jack flags up, and I thought it was in relation to the political parties. And then as the, as, the, as the wind caught one of them and expanded and I saw a big 55 in the middle of it. <laughs> no, my, dad, my dad's been going on lots of, my dad's been going lots of walks. I didn't know he'd gone as far as Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's actually quite a lot of the road signs um, near and around Sterling as well. There's a lot of um, British propaganda on it at the moment. Oh, I'll, I'll have post uh, I'll have, have right next door to Basket and Basket have like pyramids. Like a farmer has like a pyramid, like pyramids. Like, like I don't know why it's shit like pyramids, but well, the, the hay bales and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sunday painted fifty five in red in the league. <laughs> oh, like, on the side, of the, like on the side of the motorway. So everyone that drove past saw fifty five in these pyramids, like as you're going through baskets. Oh, so. I know the ones actually. Yeah. <laughs> Did Rangers win the league? They might have. We should probably talk about something. There was more pressing things than Rangers. They haven't played for a week. No, since they are. Fairly dominant showing against Celtic in the final. Yeah, conference. Celtic can put any team better in your Jack. Who said that, Graham? I don't know. Was some... it a member of MJ Sport? Some shitey, some shitey Celtic pundit. <laughs> oh, she's gonna love you for that. Oh, she's gonna kill me if she listens to it. She's too big time to listen to this. Though. She is far too big time to listen to us. 
that was that was a, that was a rib on the the Celtic podcast. People said about said about Scott Arfield. He was just to be trying to be focused for by the way. That was not a dig at my friend Amy Canavan. <laughs> well, it was a dig at my friend Amy Canavan. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that to be fair. But it wasn't all clear. I think I hate you. It was a just a, a good fashioned rib. <laughs> see, see when I'm gonna like big up this um. <laughs> podcast in the group chat I am going to make the point that you did just abuse Amy and see what she says just to, nice. just to get a reaction going from, going from one Rangers team to one hypothetical Rangers team we'll have a quick chat about the Colts because the proposal again has seemed to have gone down a bit like a lead balloon mm-hmm. from just uh, all of tier 6 in Scottish football were unified against the proposal and um, Bonnerig Rose, a club close to the hearts of a number of our energy sport members, of course, Sean McGill, Amy Canavan, both working for for them. Uh, they put out a kind of fan forum to discuss it, and the fans were vehemently against the proposal, which I suppose it might kind of come down to... I'm interested to hear you guys' perspective, Struan, more as a neutral from yourself, and then Graham, obviously, with your allegiances. So just what do you think about it, and... Do you think it is a realistic expectation for Colt teams from the old firm to enter the Scottish footballing system at some well, level? Me and Stuart might have different allegiances and I might have a dog in this fight, but I think we're both aligned on the same opinion as are you, that this is all very daft. Yes, daft is and a good word. I, and I, this I should like not happen. Speaking for me. Yeah. Well, I don't have much to say because honestly, I honestly find it quite boring. It's just... It shouldn't. If if here's the thing, if you want to have Rangers coach and Celtic coach in the in the leagues, you start at the very very bottom. Mm. Which I don't know how many tiers. Are. I honestly don't know how many tiers. I've started in the West Lothian league if you have to. <laughs> when I used to play in back when I was like twelve year old, or you just build up the development league again. They don't need to be in. They're stunting other teams by just going in the Lowland league. It's just not going to help Scottish football, which I think is trying to claim. It's creating like more of a monopoly towards the old firm mm-hmm. clubs again, isn't it? And giving yeah, it's more not, opportunities. It's, it's, it's not going to... They say it's going to give all these teams around the money. People, That's a myth. People don't attend Rangers and Celtic Colts games. They care about the youth players, but they don't care enough to go and see them. Mm-hmm. It's just there's not really many positives to take from it for me. And no. it shouldn't happen. And the only reason it will is if Rangers and Celtic get the checkbook out, probably, which will be... Not nice. I'll be not nice, but again, it kind of seems to. I don't want to compare them because they're two completely different situations. But the fan reaction is obviously massively negative. It kind of harkens back to the eighteenth of April when the Super League was proposed, and everyone was just anti that from the word go. It does kind of seem to be the same situation again. I've not really seen anyone on social media like advocating this whatsoever. Every everyone I've seen, everyone involved in Scottish football has said, this is silly, don't do this. So I think if, if the biggest corporations within football got brought down by fan voice, it can happen in Scotland without a shadow of a doubt. And I think if they do press on with it, that's what it's going to take. Again, just fans just battering down the hatches to be able to prevent this from happening. But anyway, Stuart, Stuart I don't know if you wanted to add anything in. <laughs> I, th- I think you summed it up absolutely perfectly. I, I honestly, I don't, I honestly just, yeah what you guys said is perfect. Ben off the Colts. That, that's what we're... The, the message from this. Uh, suppose before we move on, we could discuss a couple of the kind of bigger Premiership fixtures coming midweek. Of course, Wednesday night games, we love to see that. Uh, who have we got playing? Kilmarnock St Mirren. 
and Ross County Hamilton. Ross County Hamilton's arguably arguably the bigger. Of well, the that's players. that's the one between the two teams involved. Mm. But yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. both teams won the last game in good fashion, and should be on TV, but it's not. Sky just not bothered to pick up a game they are completely entitled to, which is great. Thanks, Sky. <laughs> I thought I don't know why. Just get more of in Scottish football, Sky. Like. Just give us more. There's been so many games this season I've wanted to watch that I've just not been able to watch. It's been shit. Uh, Ian, Kelly have a tougher game, but how are St. Mary's going to feel their season's like that and they just come off party? Maybe they're going to be angry, which, which, mm-hmm. but who knows? Could help them. Could but, potentially help them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, what's, the, what's the news with Lafferty? Uh, has there been any developments since he... He wasn't 100% for the last game. I imagine that he... Didn't react it. They wouldn't have started him if there was a good chance of him reactivating, and he will be fit. But that's, that's I don't have the in, I don't have the inside scoop. No, we we don't have the the benefit of Sean McGill's cold marmot knowledge on the on this episode. They <laughs> uh, kind of made him though. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, could could it be a case of the wolf coming back to haunt his former pack? Oh, that would be so funny. That would be really funny. I, I don't I, think so. I would about, laugh. The wolf has not been howling very loud since he moved. No, he's really not. His howls have been reduced to a mere whimper. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but but it would be very funny. <laughs> I would love to see it. Not sure Sean would, but... Oh, well, who cares about Sean, really? Yeah, well, not in this podcast, anyway. Uh, Hibs Dawn strewn is massive. Yeah, it's very big. How are you feeling about um, it? Do you know what? I'm less worried than I was before Saturday. Okay. Because I'm sort of in the mindset now of everything on the Scottish Cup. A third place finish would be nice, but I'd much rather the Scottish Cup. And I think a lot of Hibs fans would agree as well. If Aberdeen, Hibs, we uh, Hibs do have the better goal difference, um, leading up to this fixture. I think Aberdeen have got Rangers in the final day. Am I they right? do, and Hibs have Celtic. And Hibs have Celtic, so you would assume Rangers will be Aberdeen, and uh, Hibs could maybe get something off of Celtic. So I'm not, not overly worried about this fixture but it will be interesting I don't think Stephen Glass has gone off to the best of starts with Aberdeen so far but um, recently signing Declan Gallagher I think is a fantastic signing for Aberdeen to be honest so, I, I did not expect that at all I honestly didn't I think I he could probably him, but... anyone in Scotland I think that's a really good deal for them so yeah it's, it's, a, it's a massive game of course but at the same time I think a little bit of pressure is now taken off Hibs after the result on Saturday I can, I can understand why you'd say that Graham, reckon Rangers will get the job done against Livingston? Uh, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> you don't seem massively uh, convinced. I, 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 I just haven't thought about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's fair. I just, like, I'm just thinking about next Saturday and what trouble I'm going to cause in the streets of Glasgow, to be honest with you, Jack. <laughs> the, police have told us, the police have told us not to go marching, but I'll be marching. <laughs> and 55 has been delivered. No, I'm going to celebrate, we only know how. I'm actually going to a barbecue, don't arrest me, please. No, we... we <laughs> Graham, Graham Sinclair's comments about his attendance of any, of any uh, Pro Rangers rallies on uh, Saturday are for entertainment purposes only, will <laughs> Thank you, lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Just get you out of any trouble before it happens. Uh, I suppose, what else happened? Uh, Wraith got to the uh, Premiership Playoff semi-final. Uh, they beat Dunfermline 2-0 at home in the second leg uh, Jake Gray was there for us uh, as our pars reporter you can head over and check his match report out on Energy Sport uh, good old fashioned long ball goal for the second one there 
Oh, and Big Ed goes to Ugwu. Have I said his name right there? I think so. That sounds fantastic. Uh, former former uh, Pars man getting the winner. That uh, must hurt a little bit for the for the Dunfermline fans out there. And uh, Morton losing the first leg to Montrose in the championship playoff, championship relegation playoff is really funny. Very <laughs> really funny. I don't understand why. I guess it's because the leagues are different people. The fact that Morton have to play from the start in the league, championship league one playoffs, but the pair didn't finish eleventh in the Scottish Premiership, only has to play in the final. Why is there a difference between the two of them? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's just trying to help the big teams because they shouldn't be, even though they should be good classic, enough to win Classic anyway. SFA in, the, in Club 42. It's just keeping the big teams big for as long as possible. I mean, big, didn't expect to imagine the big teams in these cases would probably be Ross County or Hamilton. But oh well. <laughs> yeah, some very big teams. Uh, this coming from the United fan, of course. Uh, I think that just about wraps up all we wanted to talk about from up here in Scotland over the weekend. Uh, we'll take a quick look. We don't want to spend too long. We know how much disdain Graham has had for English football this season. So we're not going to spend too long south of the border. But we've got a wee bit to talk about in our next segment, English Entertainment. And English Entertainment has us looking at all things Premier League from... The weekend we've just had, and I suppose the biggest game of the weekend came at the Etihad, City playing Chelsea, in what some were touting as a dress rehearsal for the Champions League final, but obviously both teams were going to rotate. City did massively, considering they made nine changes. Uh, Chelsea rotated a fair bit. Billy Gilmore got the full 90, which was a bit of a surprise, uh, against Manchester City, and he did pretty well. He contributed quite heavily to what ended up being an interesting game, he gave away a penalty, so that wasn't ideal. Aguero, with one of the... Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it was a good idea. I mean, it was a high-pressure situation, so Penenkas often do work then, despite what some people on Twitter might have you believing. Uh, but didn't go right for him. And then Chelsea went on won the game in stoppage time after Raheem Sterling opened the scoring just before half-time. It was very no good for Chelsea. No title for you? Good for Chelsea top four hopes, bad for City winning the title that weekend, especially because United won their first of three games this game week, if we're talking fantasy terms. But the the big the biggest kind of marker for this game, boys, was Gilmore's inclusion. Because if he starts picking up a little bit more game time with the, the four games Chelsea have left this season, and considering we have 26-man squads for the Euros now, and given that Ryan Jack and Kenny McLean are both injured... Do we see him having a more realistic chance of getting in the Scotland squad for the Euros? Strewn. Um, I would hope so. I think he's definitely one of our best young players. I mean, he's playing at arguably the highest level in football at, at the top of the Premier League. You know, we could come away with a Champions League winners' medal, and I think even if he doesn't start because I don't, I don't personally I don't think he does deserve to start for Scotland no I agree. I agree however I, I fully believe he should be in that squad I think to have that sort of experience at that age will be massive you know I think he's he's already playing with some of the best midfielders in world football at the moment currently with N'Golo Kante and I think for, I, th- I think in a way we'd almost be daft not to bring him at, at least just part of the squad especially with the addition of three more to make it 26 mm. we've had some injuries as well to Kenny McLean and to Ryan Jack 
I think he, I know a lot of people want um, Turnbull and Ryan Gold in the squad, including me, but I think in terms of what we're missing in McLean and Jack, I think Gilmore is far more suited to that type of player than either of um, Turnbull or Ryan Gold are. So I, I yeah. think for sure I would have him in yeah. my Scotland squad. I think my thoughts are kind of wrapped in strewns. I hope so, which are, I think he should be in the squad, but I only say I hope so because I am very worried that he might not, he still might not make it. Mm-hmm. Just as a young, I'm not sure if Clark wants to bring in a player as young as Gilmore and as young as Gold. Oh, I guess Gold's not young, sorry. Term, as young as Turnbull, as young as Parson. I don't think he wants to do that. I think he values experience. When you mentioned the two injured boys, I, don't, I also don't see the point in taking players like John Fleck, like mm-hmm. the two Chiefs United boys, I know McBurney's injured, like Palmer, like Patterson. They've all been relegated. We don't need relegated players, even though they got no. us there. We don't need relegated players in our squad. We need the fresh talent. And they don't need to start with a game. Even like Patterson, who is, I think most of us would say is a bit than Stephen O'Donnell, doesn't need to start. No, of course but not. But let's get that... Let's get them in the squad because there's nothing the bad from having these young players there to experience yeah. a Scotland camp for the first time in their lifetimes and having seen them at the first time in their lifetimes. Mm-hmm. When they might not start, it would give them really good experience to build on if we want to build a, a succession of appearances at international tournaments. Given 19 year old Patterson, 19 year old Gilmore, 21 year old Turnbull, these experiences now are going to be massive for building a successful Scotland team for years to come. Exactly, so, yeah. So, I'm so sorry to draw a comparison to England, and I'm just going to make this quick, but one of the things that we often see criticism of Gareth Southgate is the fact that he refuses to use Trent Alexander-Arnold and Jaden Sandra, who are both two very young players, in my opinion, are the best in their positions. I, I don't want that issue to happen with Scotland. I don't want us to miss out on a talented young player who clearly could be the best. Patterson's, uh, for example, probably is going to be our best right-back in two or three years' time. I, I don't want him to miss out if, on if it takes that that long. Gain at the moment. If it's not already... Yeah, if he's not already, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I, I don't want to be missing out on an opportunity like that. And I think potentially Gilmore could be one of our best midfielders as well in the future if he continues in the path that he's going. And I'd, I'd get him into Scotland. Squad. I know he's had, I, I, he's not had too much experience recently with the under twenty ones. I think he got sent off. Recently, he did but for a stupid thing like that. It, it was for descent, wasn't it? Descent, yeah, for descent. I, I don't know if that maybe plays against a it. straight red know. for descent, which. Mm. I don't know if there's maybe something to do with that. I doubt it. I think his age is probably the only reason. But as as we said, just have him in the squad. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Like that. That is one of the oldest adages within football of all time. I I don't think we can pass up on an opportunity like this. You know, (laughs) fortunately, I don't know if they can represent other nations, but. I think we'd be silly not to at least have them as well, especially with 26 men. You know, you're going to have 11 people on the pitch. What we know about Steve Clark is he likes his trusted 11. He does, three yeah. Three or four players in and out of that, which leaves you about 12. 12 I, I wouldn't shake up the midfield the too much, like in terms of who would start. I think it would be the, the Mick I'd midfield. Mick, mid, yeah. Mick, mid, yeah, or McField. 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 And then I would. Then like, who, who else would you take goal. other than Gilmore in, in place of someone like a McLean or a Jack? I mean. Look I, at I, I would you look at think. surely Clark wouldn't look at someone like Tom Kearney to come back in. I mean he's relegated with Fulham now, so. Or the two Aberdeen boys. Mm. Do you think Ferguson's in with a chance? It shouldn't be. It should be Gilmore, and about just I I'm worried about it. I think the next couple of weeks are going to be crucial. I think with the FA Cup final on Saturday, I could see him playing again against Arsenal in midweek. 
and then potentially against Aston Villa the following weekend or Leicester again midweek depending on how Thomas Tuchel works it so I think there's still plenty of minutes for Gilmore to get before the end of the season it's just whether Clark just goes for him I'd love mm-hmm. to see him play against Arsenal and go up against Thomas Partey, who's probably one of the best midfielders in the league. I think that would be very interesting. I'd argue that. I also made a face strewn. He had the potential in the time, but let's, let, let, let's, <laughs> let's okay. pull he was, back he was on that. He's great athletical, and, and he's pretty average, but that calibre of midfielder, someone who we know can be. Oh. Unbelievable! I'd, I'd like to see He's it. done against Fabinho, so no but, reason to suggest he wouldn't do it against Partey. And this is already too much Arsenal talk. What's next? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head no. who I'd have in the in the same conversation with that position. Obviously, Gold and Turnbull, but they're I think they're different. They're players. different players. I mean, Gold is basically a second striker at this point. Like I would I would <laughs> have him as part of the attack more than the midfield, and Turnbull, a very creative attacking midfielder. So Gilmore would kind of sit in more. The, the metronome role, if you want to kind of set a, a deeper lie in like someone like Jack or McLean would be alongside a McGregor for the energy, so depends on how he wants to wants Is to view McCrory it. McCrory warranted a start for being at Aberdeen? No. Not a start, but... M- McCr- no, I'm not even the score. McCrory's falling fell off. Ferguson would be potentially, but... Both of them, as you came out of saw with Aberdeen's form, they aren't very good, and neither of them should be in the squad. I'm just concerned that Steve Glott is going to fill we... up the, the 26 spots with, like, really bad strikers. Do we recall... I know he's retired internationally, but do we do we recall James McArthur? I think you're going to say Scott have... Brown. <laughs> oh. I want to think about oh, Scott Brown well, there. Do you know, I was two seconds away from saying Liam Henderson, and then I thought people would have a go at me. I don't know how Liam Henderson's done. Where does he Lecce? Uh, so he's, he's bounced about a few. Still in Italy. He is. Uh, uh, is it Lecce? Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, I think he's been alright this season. Yeah, he was, but I don't, I don't know enough about Liam Ken- no, yeah, Henderson. To this point, yeah. anyway, a Scotland squad chat could take us weeks, and I've got a bit uh, of an uh, idea to what we could do with that chat. Come, I'm sure there will be a Scotland or an unpacked or something like that in the future, <laughs> or just a simple podcast of everyone on just who's in this squad and we just have eight voices at once. It would be chaos, Unborn, like unbridled chaos, and I think I would live for it. It wouldn't make good content, but I'd enjoy it. Uh, I suppose the only other Arsenal chat we might want to have is that their match last night, their win against West Brom, oh, consigned Big Sam's first ever relegation from the Premier League. Big Sam. I thought you mentioned Arsenal there, and you, but I forgot they played West Brom. Apologies. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I know, I know. That That's the only reason, like, capacity I want to mention Arsenal just now. <laughs> I only have up the same West Brom and see you next year. <laughs> do you think they'll come back up? Probably. That's what I they do, think, isn't it? I hope not. I, I don't like them. Pereira and Johnston leaving. I think Graham called way back at the start of the season on the fantasy uh, on the fantasy ramble. Shout out to the fantasy ramble. Yes, boys. That Pereira would be a very good pickup for a fantasy team, and he has had a very very good season. Honestly, I could see Johnson at somebody like Everton, like displacing Pickford. I think I think he's I, a super, I, I think he's a better goalkeeper. I think he's arguably been the best keeper in the league this season. He's, he's been the most active. Most, he's, been had, the mo- yeah, he's been the most saves because I think granted he's had a shit defence. West Brom's biggest results in their one-all draws against Man City, Man United, and Liverpool. I think he made some unbelievable saves in those games. Yeah, that would probably be remembered. And yeah, I think he's excellent. I can't. I don't think there's too many other baggage players. I would say that have stood out to me. That I would um, say are. 
you know, top of the range. I don't know if Sam Allardyce will keep the job in the championship. But I mean, what else is he doing otherwise? Yeah, true. He can leave and probably stumble into another Premier League job at some point. He could go Barnsley when he's pretty fucking. Just keep his wee record intact. Mm. Well, there you go. Uh, Aye, that's all we've really got to say about that. West Brom down and out, and Fulham are basically. Unless Fulham do the miraculous in the next 25 minutes. Three goals in about 25 minutes. Doubtful. <laughs> Doubtful to say the very least. Ariola may also be facing a red card as we speak. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, Struan, I'll come to you for United just now because there's been a couple of developments over the last 24, 48 hours. Uh, firstly, new contract for Edison Cavani. Excellent. Uh, excellent. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, there was rumours bubbling up that he was more willing to stay because they're around about six. Six to eight weeks ago, it, it looked like he was certain to go back to South America. It looked like he was, um, he just wanted to go home really, and I can mm-hmm. understand why. He's had a bit of a bit of a tough introduction to England, of course. The ban with the FA, I think that uh, you come into a new country, you don't speak the language, to get a ban over a, a, a racist, um, sorry, alleged racism. I think that would be gonna hurt really, to be honest, um, and. Yeah, obviously he's not been able to play in front of Franz either, so mm-hmm. obviously you don't really know what the sort of the feeling is about you. But he has been one of United's most important players recently. Mm-hmm. He's he's just such a good striker, you know. I I didn't I didn't I wouldn't say I had doubts over him. I was quite happy with the signing. I wrote a wee article on him and Thiago Silva way back at the start of the season, saying how important they can yeah, be. He did. Uh-huh. But I think possibly with a couple of the injuries he's picked up, it was looking a bit. Shaky whether he would have. Yeah, it was again. was yeah. this the right signing? Should United have looked elsewhere? But I mean, his I know everybody speaks. His movement is absolutely unbelievable in the box, and I think Man United, the the United players around him are starting to understand him and are starting to read his game now. Some of the passes that were picked. I mean, the Rashford one against um, Aston Villa the weekend. Bruno got the similar one against Roma, where you just sort of play the ball into an area and you know that Cavani's going to get his head on it. You know, he, he doesn't seem to have an issue with offsides. And from United point of view, I think it's absolutely massive. Obviously, Martial's been out this season. Greenwood's very young. Rashford, I think, has a broken ankle and a broken back. So there's there is a bit of a lack of goals up front recently. So for him to come in and fill that, I think, is exceptional. And then keep him for another year, I think, is massive for United in many ways, especially in the transfer window that they don't need to worry about signing any sort of striker now. I think Cavani can keep that role. And he's also broken the number seven curse, in my opinion, at Man United. Ah, it's been plagued with average number seven since uh, Big Ronnie left back in two thousand eight. Uh, what else? Uh, Maguire injured, which could be slightly damaging towards the end of the season. If you if you would ask me who which United players do you think would be the most important coming up in these three games, I'd, I'd obviously would have said Bruno first, and then I would have said Maguire second. I think I think he gets too much slander to begin with. I don't think he he gets the praise he deserves, and I think it's going to be realised in these next few games when he's not playing. I just I. It's just so unfortunate, of course, that he's, he's kept himself in such a good shape and then the injury is caused. Obviously, it's accidental from El Ghazi, but it's a, it's an injury caused from another player and then ruins a really good record that he's got. And yeah, Man United have lost the captain now. I'd hopefully, we'll be back for the Europa League final because that's massive. United have uh, qualified for the Champions League this season through the league now. Top four is guaranteed. And to be perfectly honest, I, I don't think there's a difference between finishing second, third and fourth for United. They've already... Um, 
surpassed their points total from last season. It's it's been a better season at this point. You could just feel the youngsters in the league, just just rest up for the for the final four games. Obviously, the game against Liverpool is massive because obviously what it means. But yeah, I would I would I think they could almost take the foot off the gas a little bit in the league and focus on the Europa League final with Villarreal, with hopefully with Harry Maguire being there. I'd like to think so. Uh, Stu mentioned top four there, Graham. It kind of seems like the number of teams that are there to be able to get into the top four is diminishing. Uh, well, it's, I think it's down to three, and that for one spot, because I'm going to pencil, I'm going to pencil your boys in. I think Jack. I hope we don't mind me doing that. I think I'm all right with that. I think you're probably safe. I think you're clearly the second best team in the country at the moment. So it's between Leicester, who are still the favourites, just by being ahead, but lost four two at Newcastle and. That was a flattering four to Newcastle battered them. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Ham in fifth, who lost a big one at home to Everton, and Liverpool, who got a slightly shaky two 0 win, but it wasn't a one one draw, so we can be happy about that. Absolutely. And so it's still up for grabs. Top four races are kind of weird in the celebrating. I guess for West Ham, less it's something to be celebrated for Liverpool. That should probably be the minimum. And they but, should they should be there already, realistically. At this, at this point, it's kind of the only kind of half interesting thing to sort out. So in the Premier League after tonight, it. absolutely because Fulham are down. So there's not really anything else of massive value to look at in the league until that fourth spot <laughs> is decided. Because I think I, I would probably nail Chelsea on to finish top four at this point. I mean, if they beat. I mean, they've still got to play Leicester uh, after the FA Cup final this Saturday. So that could potentially cause an upset if Leicester get a result there, but should be all right. Who do we, who, who's our money on it of Leicester, West Ham and Liverpool? I think Leicester would just about hold on. I think what Stu mentioned about City, Man U's games, having three games, and Leicester being the middle one, will probably rotate. That could be the difference, to be honest with you. I think I, that could I, be massive. I expect a very weak team. Not, yeah. not like completely weak, but I, I think you'll see a lot of the big hitters rested for this one. Mm. Especially mm-hmm. with Liverpool again on the Thursday. So I think, that's, I think that might be the difference. If if it wasn't, if it was probably last Sunday and Liverpool had managed to get a result, I'd maybe say Liverpool, but I think that might be the difference. Nah. Uh, okay. If, like if, if Leicester do. It's hard to say bottle because you're not really losing like a cup in that sense. But if Leicester no, they bottled it. If they, if they, okay, if they bottle it, Champions League football. I, I personally, as much as I'd love Leicester to win the FA Cup because it would be something a bit different, and I think it would bring a lot more meaning to the FA Cup. With them probably going to lose that and potentially missing out on the top four again, is that obviously Europa League is fantastic for Leicester City. A bit more of a, a disappointing season again. Leicester. Leicester can win the FA Cup, and if they don't get top four, it's still a huge ball job. They should, they should, especially being two years in a row. That's as simple as that. Just, yeah. You can't, you can do it once and get away with it because you're less and you're not supposed to be there. But to do it twice and the same thing happen, it's embarrassing. And the same sort of time period as well, right at the end. I think last mm-hmm. season, I think they were in like third place as well. Whereas this season, they've sort of floated around fourth. It's well, no, no, they just they were third up until the weekend there. Mm-hmm. When Chelsea and Chelsea went ahead of them, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a very similar situation. Oh, they've had injuries. They've had injuries, but that's, that was the story of their season last year. They lost in DD and stuff last year, so it's almost to be expected. Again, it's just less than not having the quality of depth that's gonna keep them up with the teams like Chelsea and Man United. That's been their biggest issue. So, indeed, it's so good. 
You'd like to see a summer of kind of recruitment across the board from Leicester in terms of solidifying quality deep in their squad. I think Leicester, other, I think in terms of being well run in the transfer market, I think I'd probably have Leicester just about up there with Liverpool in terms of the summer business that they do. I, I love it. I think it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, they're I great. Somebody like Wesley Fofana, who I think they picked up for 25, 30 million, are probably going to make about 80 million from him as well. Um, I love Wesley Fofana. I think he's brilliant. Every every time they tend to sell a superstar, they just instantly replace them. Obviously, not with someone as good, but they do seem to find a replacement in that area. Yeah, and just yeah, I mean, even Ehi actual looks like he could now potentially replace Jamie Vardy, which I think's always been the big question. He's having an excellent season, so. But yeah, I think it would be a massive disappointment if Leicester do fail to qualify for the Champions League again. Massive, massive failure. I would agree. Uh, just before we wrap up English entertainment, I want to take. I, I, I want to dip our toes slightly into the championship, which we never do, but with our Premier League glasses on, because a certain striker at a certain playoff club broke a record this, this weekend in the championship. Ivan Tony, formerly of Newcastle, has scored 31 goals in the championship this season, which is the highest individual goal scoring season of all time in that division. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to bring it to you guys because... Brentford are sat in the playoffs, obviously. I mean, if you're play if a striker's scoring thirty one goals, you would assume his team's probably up there. I wanted to put it to you because a lot of people are touting him for being in the Premier League next summer, regardless, or this summer regardless, whether Brentford come up or whether he joins someone else. Do we think he stays with Brentford if he comes up, or do we think he's on the move to a Premier League team in any situation? I think if Brentford go up he might give it a chance. Just kinda of uh, it's, although Brentford are a selling, selling club but it was the exact if, same last season with Ollie Watkins wasn't it yeah exactly and Ollie Watkins had been there a couple of years just Tony had only been there one yeah it just it depends what happens to him I think if they go up we might give him a chance at, let's see if he does not Premier League with a Premier League team and then we'll sign him although it might increase the price but if they stay down Neil Paul if they don't go up and Brentford have got history of not doing well in the playoffs then uh you'll probably get signed by a Premier League team. That's my. That's what I think will happen. Maybe a Scottish Premier League team that might have uh, won the league if had the chance it. to sign him <laughs> for seven million and went, nah, we'll sign Albion Ajeti for five million. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry. I, think it, I had to get it in. I no, I'll rate it, I'll rate it. I respect that. I, I remember when um, Aston Villa signed Ollie Watkins for 32 million last summer, and I actually, I said at the time, I thought that was quite a silly signing. Not in the sense that Ollie Watkins was bad, but I thought that was a lot of money for a player who'd only been in the championship but obviously I think me and a lot of other people sort of eaten the words with that one because he's had a, a very good season so I think I think there maybe is the argument that if he gets up you could almost see him do a season there we've seen the, in recent example Timo Pukki who was is, has had a really good season in the championship this year um, last season in the Premier League he started fantastic at the Pukki party and then he just sort of fizzled out towards the end of the season but then the season prior to that in the championship once again he was absolutely fantastic and I think I think he might have broken the goals record at that point or at least come close to it so I, th- I think you know there almost possibly is that doubt of you know can he do it in the Premier League it's always that oh can, can this player do it in the Premier League that argument so mm. if they do get up I could maybe see one season in the Premier League you can sort of see it as well with players like Matias Pereira who we've previously mentioned uh, Jack Grealish you know a lot of people you could see their quality in the championship but they still have that season at their at their current club to see just how well they can get on and if there is possibly a chance of them doing it in the Premier League to, to go for it really I think Mitrovic is another example I know he's had the, the press with Newcastle but he 
he had a really good season in the championship last year and he just stayed with them. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting to see where Tony does end up come the end of the summer. I think with that, that's going to wrap up the biggest news from England over the weekend. So as always, to round off our episode, let's cast our eyes across the continent and finish off with Last Ditch Challenge. So we finished with Last Ditch Challenge, which is where we try to catch all the biggest stories from around the continent before they pass us by. Graham, you have been a proud advocate for German football throughout this entire season, claiming it to be the most entertaining league out of the out of the big ones across Europe, and we finally have a champion. <laughs> so bad that you say that all, I'm such a champion for it, and then the team won like for the ninth time in a row. <laughs> ninth time in a row. They are in for a rude awakening of teams of next season by Munich when they end. No, they didn't make them. I don't think they've made a ten euro merchandise yet, so they're probably fine. Mm. They'll have put stickers outside eighteen sixteen Munich's ground or anything that, which I think is their own ground. We say that <laughs> yet, like we're still within. No, I th- hours of the window of them. I, I don't think I don't think ten in a row <laughs> is to go. Maybe the goal that by minute. I've got a lot of Celtic dig in this podcast, and it feels fantastic. Well, we're not but, really going to restrict you from it, so I mean. But I uh, yeah, Bayern won the league thanks to Jaden Sancho, who scored what in the a last game minute. He had, who, who scored in the last minute against Leipzig, one of his two, which are both kind of lovely, well worked goals. The second, yeah. one, I, I believe it's a. Oh, which one? One of them is a lovely side foot finish into the right hand corner. Back to yeah, his best. One. The one when he plays yeah, Guerrero down the left and Guerrero cuts it back mm-hmm. in. Oh. It looks lovely. And then yeah. Bayern celebrated by beating Gladbach 6 0. Lewandowski got a hat trick and he's now one away from Gerd Muller's record, which I think is straight. There's loads of records get broken, but I feel like I've heard a lot about this specific record about Lewandowski breaking Gerd Muller's goal record. You know what would happen if Guardiola was still the Bayern manager? He would do exactly would, what he did with De Bruyne last yeah, season, just not play him. <laughs> Just, no, off, just not play him in the final game. Just How about Chupomoting? How about that Chupomoting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's a, it's a, even I think that's a, it's a big deal. It's just, a, just goals. It's just a goal record. So like, it doesn't, it's not going to get anything for him, really, is it? It's not, got, but at the same I, time... I think sometimes records are like, about, like, there's just some records in football that you just like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know if we appreciate them as much because we're kind of living through them. Like, I think if you give it what, another 20 years when we are hopefully within the industry and we can say, yeah, we were there, we were kind of growing up and watching Lewandowski breaking all these records that Gerd Müller had set and no one's come close since. It depends on like the longevity of how long this record would stand now, I think. Mm-hmm. If you get what I mean. Yeah, that's true. A, a Ballon d'Or to go with his records at the end of the season. Should have had one last year, mate, before it got f- cancelled for no reason. Anyway, that, that's the thing of the past. No. Help Dortmund. Dortmund's why did help their own Champions League chances. And Absolutely, yeah. And, and Frankfurt and drawing helped that mm-hmm. as well. And Harm, one of my big shouts, which was Dortmund won't make the Champions League, but they have turned a corner and have won, I think they're in a five or six game win streak in the league. All, all as Jadon Sancho comes back from his injury. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. I think, like, I think just about all the praise goes to Holland for that team, but I think Sancho's more important. He's been out, eh? I think he's a better player. I think Harm's probably a better player overall, but I think... And Marco Royce rolled back the years. No, a, ju- a judiciary panel, no, denied. <laughs> He's younger than Lewandowski. I love Marco Royce. Can I just make this like Marco Royce is? I wish he had an um, injury-free career because I think he would be one of the best players in the world if he stayed for it. He'd have a World Cup on his uh, CV. I mm-hmm. felt that that was so sad. 
when he when he didn't make that World Cup. I felt awful for him. Yeah, so that's 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 your German wrap up. That's German wrap up. Yeah, uh, Bayern won. I like Marco Royce. So there we go. That's, Hamburg that's won five one, but we're still bought on it. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, Schalke. Schalke absolutely made an arse of themselves even more. If I'm right, hold on. Let me go and get this exactly right. Two 0 up at half time. I think four two. The final score. I believe. <laughs> That's uh, oof. That uh, that. I, I, yeah, no, that was um. I two goals. Squadron Mustafi scored the second just before half time. And then, yeah, in less than twenty minutes, they conceded four. Two, just, two goals is wow. the most dangerous lead in football. <laughs> well, what's even more dangerous than Schalke? <laughs> I think I think we should go to Italy next. Uh, AC Milan ran out with three 0 winners uh, against Juventus at the weekend, which basically put Juventus's hopes of Champions League football next season in the mud. They could be. They should probably get Europa League. I think they're they're solid in getting Europa League. That means that there's a good chance that they end up. Well, it's not maybe maybe not a good chance, but it's a chance that they play a team like St. Johnson or Hibernian in the Europa League next season, which I think is very funny. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. And yeah. AC Milan scored two cracking goals yesterday. Uh, one from Brahim Diaz, which was like Gerard Delefus in the FA Cup semi-final against Wolves. You I remember am. that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just like one of the ones inside the box, curled into like a very tight corner. Yeah. And then Antarevich's goal, he came on for the injured Zlatan Ibrahimovic and scored a sick half volley from like 25 yards out in the top corner and that, that was it. They also missed a penalty, even the one 3 and missed a penalty. And it was just... I didn't even realise they missed a penalty. Oh, yeah, wait, Frank no, I Kessie. did, yeah. Uh-huh. Frank Kessie did. So it's, it's kind of mental. You went as didn't lose this game, they were hammered. Mm. Which sends a statement. That, I'm, quite, yeah. I'm quite glad Kessie did miss, that pe- did miss that penalty because it would have been the classic... Uh, going on Twitter afterwards and seeing people going, oh, I don't know why poor people aren't talking about Frank Kessie. He'd be he'd be a great player for Arsenal or something like that. Like, oh, no, honestly, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine where somebody goes on that talks about a player me. for like one game, and it's like, oh, that he should come a good play. game in Europe. Why have Man United not thought about signing him yet? That's <laughs> a pet peeve of mine. It's not relevant, but it's a pet peeve. Uh, I'm just, I'm just kind of interested to see what Juventus do now, Struan. I know I know you've kind of spoken about that before. Yeah, I think it's a tough situation for Juventus. I mean, obviously they brought in Ronaldo. He was he was supposed to take them to the next level. You know, we often see that with the way clubs do make these big marquee signings. And to be honest, more often than not, they don't really tend to work out these big massive ones. We've seen it with Coutinho, seen it with Usman Dembele. They don't always take clubs to the next level. And even as good a player as he is, and you know, Neymar is supposed to win PSG Champions League so far. They're still looking for that. But I just don't think it's it's worked out. You know, Ronaldo's my favorite player of all time. I I love him. I'd, I'd potentially call him the greatest of all time but I'm not really a big fan of that debate in all honesty and I just don't think it's worked out I think he was the wrong signing for Juventus I know that he basically did so much with Real Madrid they won a few Champions Leagues in a row but they've they've been poor you know they've been eliminated in the last three Champions Leagues this time by Porto who as good a story as that was Porto were not Porto not Champions League quality this season anyway they're, they're a very poor team to I mean, they're not a very poor team. That's that's harsh, but they shouldn't be. Yeah. They shouldn't be beating Juventus. Okay, yeah. I mean, Juventus, yeah. Juventus should be too good for Porto, and they, they didn't. It was my favorite game of the Champions League. Do I see Porto go through? I love that. The season before, they got put out by Leon again. Leon probably shouldn't be putting Juventus out, and the season before that against the Ajax team again. That's 
great an Ajax team as that was and everybody loved it, Juventus probably shouldn't be getting put out by that team either. When you think about the investment, the money, the coaches that they've had over this time, they have won uh, the two out of the last three Scudetta since Ronaldo came in. Obviously this year they haven't though, with an unbelievable Inter Milan side, what a job Conte's done there. And I think, I don't know if there's maybe just arrogance, you know, Dybala's been injured a lot of this season, sort of relied on almost Kessier, or Kiesa, sorry, however it's pronounced. Um, I think it's uh, Kiesa. And I, ju- I just don't think Juventus have done well. The, you know, Chiellini and Bonucci are about 78 at this point. I, I still think they're trying to replace them. I, I look back to the midfield that in the 2015-16 final with Paul Pogba, Vidal, Perlo and Marquisio in behind Tevez and Morata, funnily enough, at the time. And I always remember thinking at that time that was that midfield was incredible. The defence, obviously, Buffon, Chiellini, Bonucci, Barzagli, the BBC, they, they're absolutely incredible as well. And I almost feel they're still relying on Chiellini and Bonucci at the back and they've not really replaced those midfielders. They've spent a lot of money on the likes of Art, uh, Artur and a swap deal. You know, they've gotten some players in on freeze. They're quite good at getting those mm. in. You know, the likes of Emery Chan, Adrian Rabio. They've had a, and, they've had a good history at that. None of them have really hit the, hit the heights that they were expected to. To I be fair, considering their kind of history with that, I mean, you hit the likes of Pirlo and Pogba on a free. Like, they were yeah. never really going to hit those kind of markers in terms of club icons. Aye, they were coming in, coming into a tough job. And I just feel that, like, the transfer business, it's just been one of these things that they're relying on the old guard to, to keep them going. And it is getting to the point now where the old guard can't do that. And it's, okay, we need to properly rebuild. And I just think spending all that money on Ronaldo is... Is an issue because I don't know where Ronaldo can go. I, I personally, I don't think he can play in the Europa League even at thirty-six years old. Does he go PSG? Like, I, I don't know. I think that would be the, the only that would yeah. start up. The only other place because I don't think United could afford them. I don't think Real would take him back for, for whatever. Like I don't think he would go back to Real Madrid. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see him go back to Real Madrid just to see El Clasico once again being Messi versus Barcelona. You know, Messi's had an unbelievable 2021. Like, what a season he's had. I don't know if that's maybe weighing in on Ronaldo, thinking, oh, I need to go back. I need to take Real Madrid to back to where they were. But at the same time, I just don't think they could afford it either. Real Madrid are another team whose transfer business hasn't been great in recent years. They're sort of relying on the old guard as well. But it's interesting. I personally like seeing uh, other teams come up and do well. You know, Juventus were going for a nine in a row. Uh, sorry, 10 in a row, actually, they were going for. And I think it was just nice to see another team do that because I think it, it makes the league look better to see more of a variety in there. And I think teams like Atalanta and Napoli, who have just sort of gone under the radar, a lot of the talk has been on the two Milan clubs and Juventus, but Napoli and um, Atalanta are right in there. And, you know, I've, I've watched Roma quite recently as well in the Europa League, and Roma were a good side. <laughs> I'm going way off track here, but that front three... How long thought of it at I just want to get this. Pedro Edinjeko and Henrik Mkhitaryan a front through for Roma five years ago would have been incredible. But anyway, I, I, it's, I don't know where Juventus go from here. Apparently they're sticking with Perlo. I love Perlo, but I'm just not sure it's it's the right man for the job. Nah. He, I, there's been a lot of, kind of contesting over whether he is the right man for the job, but we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with him and the club over the summer. Uh, rounding off, uh, we're going to get to these two quickly. Graham. PSG kind of fell away in France a little bit again. Yeah, it's they, class. They, I Lille, like uh, it. Lille are three points ahead with two games to go. And after PSG... Oh, Lille would have been in control anyway. With them on their own hands, but... Ren got a point against PSG. Uh, Neymar put them ahead, but... Christian... Oh, I can't speak the name. Why did I attempt this? Gulavari or something like that. That's, that's not even close. But equalised for them, which means that Lille need to beat... 
get four points and they're guaranteed the like title when they play Angers and Saint Etienne. So that's, that, um, that's winnable. We, 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 we all want that. No, we absolutely do. Yeah, I like he Jonathan is, uh, David. There you go. But speaking of like good transfer business, just a second ago, Lille sold Nicola Pepe for seventy-two million to Arsenal and bought in Victor Ossiman, and they sold him for about seventy million to Napoli. Um, Napoli in the summer, and then they brought in Yilmaz, who I think is 35, 36 and a free, and he's been amazing this season. That's just they, their business. They, you know, Renato Sanchez. Remember him? Jose Font. They've they've done some unbelievable business. I really want. It's to a really see nice Lille. team. Yeah, it's a really decent yeah, team. It's just one of these likeable teams, I think. I'd, I'd love to see Leo win the, the French League this season. I would love to see it just because it's PSG not winning the trophy, which we oh, yes. can all get behind. Uh, finally, oh, sorry, <laughs> uh, finally, Spain, because the title race is still wide open because the top four all played each other and they all drew. It was a nil-nil between uh, Real, not Real, sorry. Uh, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid at the Camp Nou, while Real and Sevilla played yesterday, and they ran a two-two draw with Real scoring late on to equalise. I watched the Barca Atletico game and it was it was all right. It wasn't a terrible nil-nil. It wasn't the best. Atletico, I know Atletico did what Atletico do, and they kind of sat in and let Barca play in front of them. But Atletico had the best chances in the game. Uh, couple for couple for Suarez. In particular, I thought in the first half that it should have been buried. But yeah, but this is a result that suits Athletic more than it suits Barcelona, that's for sure. Keeps them in pole position, and their games really aren't the hardest in the world either. I don't know who they are. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who they are. As for as, as for as for Real and Sevilla, I didn't see that game, but yeah, Real hung on. They got the goal. They qualified in the last minute, and. When you play teams at home, you know, I don't care who it is, when you're playing at home in such a big game, you should be winning those games. And they might have blown their chance. Although they do have, it should be noted that Real Madrid do have the head-to-head advantage ahead of, against both uh, Atletico and Barca. I, I, Spain's decided more on head-to-head than goal difference, isn't it? I think Italy yeah. is also, which I think doesn't bode well for Juventus, back onto that one. Just what, you just want to talk about anything associated with Ronaldo today, don't you, Strain? Oh, yeah, the... And that's why we're going to bring this episode to an end right here. That is going to be all from us this week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Football Roundup. Make sure to subscribe to Energy Sports Podcast feed wherever you get yours. And follow us over on Twitter at ENRG Sport to keep up to date with all of our sports content. We're going to be going a bit more hesitantly, not hesitantly, uh, a bit more relaxed over the summer, but be assured that there's still going to be some stuff coming out of the journalism department at Napier on Energy Sport. Thank you very much to Stroud and Graham for joining me tonight. Uh, make sure to check out Extra Time and the Fancy Ramble later in the week and the big football quiz for May when it comes out. Probably starting next week or something like that. I don't know. It's all on Sean. It's all on Sean. It's all on Sean. Uh, until then, I've been Jack Donnelly. This has been the Football Roundup. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>